A loss of a relationship is a loss of external love in your life. And until you find that love within yourself, you aren't going to feel better. That's simply a fact. The things we say the most unintentionally are the ones with the greatest reflection of our subconscious and how we really feel. It's so important to validate your own feelings, even if it's something that happened a long time ago. Healing isn't linear, it's like a roller coaster. All Things Con Amor is the pursuit of holistic health, wellness, happiness, love, the things that really set our soul on fire. Enjoy the ride. Regardless of whether you have ever been in love, I can almost certainly guarantee that you have had your heart broken. Welcome back to All Things Con Amor. My name is Stephanie. I am a yoga instructor, current medical student, and today's episode not only applies to people getting over past relationships, but also to anyone that has ever felt the pain of losing someone close. Friendship breakups are just as, if not more painful than romantic ones. So today we are talking about healing after a painful heartbreak, finding your smile again after you've spent a lot of time crying if you're like me, or repressing and ignoring the feelings if you're also like me but don't cry. This podcast focuses on health and wellness and mental and emotional wellness are huge components of your overall well-being. The body literally physically reacts to your emotional stressors. Countless studies have proven so. It's the reason you feel a pit in your stomach when you think you've messed up, or you can feel your heart rate increase when you're nervous. Our bodies are very closely intertwined with our perception and ability to handle stressors or lack thereof. Studies have even correlated loneliness and social isolation to increased incidences of cardiovascular disease, also meaning heart attacks, also meaning death. So, as a future physician, I want to make sure this topic is more heavily discussed and normalized because your emotional and mental state scientifically have such strong effects on your body. And we want to not only decrease mortality rates, but also improve quality of life. Now keep in mind that I am not a licensed anything right now. As this episode is being recorded, it's just me and my bachelors of science in biology and yoga instructor certification. So everything I'm discussing today will be based upon the things I have read, listened to others speak upon, or my own personal experience. I hope it leaves you feeling a little lighter or a little less alone. And thank you to my very sweet listener that requested this episode and the questions that people sent in that we will be answering over the course of this episode. So we will be covering how to really almost find yourself again, not that you were ever lost, but how to get your spark back once you are in that period of heartbreak and how to handle everything that comes with it. My first point today is that heartbreaks in regards to friendship are something that people don't really talk about. Honestly, that is one of the main points I'm here to make today. If you're trying to get over a breakup, hear me out. This is important for you to understand. A big reason you're hurting is because you not only lost someone you cared about romantically, at the core of it, I would hope you've lost a friend. And friends are the literal basis of our identity in society. Community is what builds and runs our world. It's shown that individuals who have closer communities tend to have increased levels of happiness and life satisfaction, specifically in terms of retaining close relationships with others, quality relationships. 
And when you go through a breakup, a really hard part of that is losing one of your best friends, if not your very best friend. I personally have been through some really healthy and really unhealthy relationships. We are not here to spill any tea or talk badly about people, but we are here to understand how we get to certain points. So I think it's important to start with the fact that when you are super infatuated with someone, it's really easy to spend all of your free time with them. Conversely, if they are perhaps controlling in some way, you could also end up getting isolated from your friends because maybe they felt threatened by them and you somehow ended up no longer hanging out around your friends. You spent all of your time in this new relationship. Or say you spent a lot of your time with your friends upset because your relationship was rocky and it got to the point where your friends no longer really wanted to support you being sad and in pain. I've been there. And as you complained or cried every time you were around them and they no longer wanted to be spending time around that really sad and negative person, it's really important to have incredible friends that listen to your sad parts and love them unequivocally, but that's not really the person that they signed up to hang out with. And so you are at this point in your breakup and you realize that the person you spent 97% of your time with no longer wants to hang out with you. And that rejection hurts. It is one of the most painful things in the world because it feels like the most personal thing in the world. You go from having this person that you thought loved you unconditionally or per se forever, and you might have even felt super secure with because of the constant love and affection and attention, and suddenly it's instantly taken from you. And humans in general aren't really very good with change. We enjoy our routines. We enjoy the things that structure our day, the things that we can expect because they feel safe to us. So your brain has to go through some major rewiring to accept this new fact, this fact that the person you thought loved spending time with you no longer wants to be around you or talk to you. They might not no longer want to be around you or talk to you. Every case is different, but in order to go through like a clean breakup, you're not spending your time with them anymore. So you now have to completely restructure your day if it's someone you would talk to all the time. You have to restructure your schedule if it's someone you always hung out with on specific days. So my first piece of advice is going to be a double-edged sword, but it's what worked for me and a lot of my friends in the past. One of my favorite people is literally my friend solely because she got dumped right before prom. I have her permission to tell this story, but who it is is a secret you will never know. Anyways, she got broken up with and one of my other friends told her that I was really good at giving relationship advice. I think that at that point in my life, this was like 10 years ago maybe, I was one of those people that knew a lot of things and knew what you should and shouldn't do and I was good at seeing things objectively but I was not good at taking my own advice. Um, Always easier said than done, right? And so anyways, when she got broken up with, she texted me and said, hi, I got your number from X. I heard you're really good at relationship advice and I just got dumped and was wondering if we could talk. I said, say less. I really believe in treating people the way you'd wanna be treated. So I try my best to be the first to show up for others whenever I can because I would want the same for myself. And luckily I have some really incredible friends who deliver on that. And so I showed up with a pint of ice cream. I had her proofread this part and she said that I showed up 30 minutes after she sent that text. I didn't even remember that. But I show up with a pint of ice cream and she cried on my shoulder for like an hour. And that was our first time hanging out. And we've been friends ever since. 
But to get to the point of that story, I ended up texting her good morning and good night for a while so that she could transition out of getting that validation and attention from the dumb boy that had dumped her. And we texted pretty consistently. So to start out, find someone you can lean on, ask for help, and let that person start to fill up some of the spots that you are going to immediately feel empty without the routine that you had built from this past life that you will no longer live. It's sad, it's not the same, it's not easy, but it's easier than going through the immediate shock of feeling so alone, which I have gone through at one point and I can confidently say it was the worst time of my life. I do mention that this is a double-edged sword because it's definitely not good to simply replace your lost significant other with someone else. The whole saying that the best way to get over someone is to get with someone else is absurd because you aren't healing. The hole is still there. It's just temporarily filled by a distraction. My friend and I got really close when I was there for her because we would talk about her past relationship and we would work through it together. And I wasn't a replacement for her ex. It wasn't like I took her on dates or spent all of the time with her that he used to. Here's also where if you want to do some major deep healing, you can learn to rely on yourself for validation and affection. You can start saying good morning to yourself, complimenting yourself, validating your own emotions and soothing yourself. But we'll talk more on this later on in the episode. So something that I personally really struggled with in previous years that prevented me from healing was the fact that I was incredibly uncomfortable whenever I was alone. I craved constant companionship out of my family, friends, a new guy. It took a really long time and pain to face the hard realization that it was because I simply didn't like myself. To a degree, I still don't. I think that self-love is a long journey, maybe a lifelong one. But I used to make this joke that I would hate being friends with myself because I find myself so annoying. I would say it so passingly that I didn't even really think about it or notice it. And one day I read that the things we say the most unintentionally are the ones with the greatest reflection of our subconscious and how we really feel. Let me repeat that. The things we say unintentionally are the greatest reflections of our subconscious. Because we don't filter them, they just come out. Those self-deprecating insults that you have about yourself, they demonstrate the way you subconsciously view yourself. And because I had had several people I valued and cared about over the course of my lifetime call me annoying, that's a really sensitive trigger spot for me. And without realizing it, I accepted it as fact. I somehow absorbed it and decided that because of these few instances, it had to be true. Now we're on to the second point. Notice the things you say unintentionally about this situation. You cannot change what happened. The past is the past and dwelling on it will not change it. It will ruin your present moment and your future because you waste so much of your precious current life and energy fixating on it. But your perception of the situation is what will make all of the difference in your healing journey. The most painful part of my life um, really revolved around the fact that I placed all of the blame on myself after I parted ways with a best friend. I made myself the martyr and I decided that it was entirely my fault that I had lost my very best friend. In many ways, I was at fault, but my mother always says it takes two to tango, and she's right. Any relationship involves the actions, words, and energy of two people, and dwelling on the way things happened in any type of situation will not change what happened. The thing you can change, again, is your perception and your belief of the events that conspired. You can believe that you weren't good enough for the person and that's why they no longer want to be with you, or you can see it for what it is. 
And what it is, is that it's not meant to be in this moment. If you aren't fighting for one another, it's simply not meant to be right now. And that's not to say that it's never meant to be. But I firmly believe that things happen for you and not to you. And we are meant to learn specific lessons. Have you noticed patterns in your life, things that continue to oscillate? I can do an entirely separate episode on this, but the basics of it is that the same situation will appear in different forms until you learn and grow from it. So when you look at this horribly painful event that has conspired in any area of your life, not only breakups, can you look at it objectively and pretend that you are a third party and ask, what did I do wrong? What can I do better next time? How can I learn and grow from this? Or did you place the blame on everyone but yourself? Keep in mind that in the short term, this will feed your ego and reassure you by saying everyone else is wrong and I'm right. But this lack of responsibility will build up and burden your soul. Similarly, you can take all of the blame the way I did. And likewise, this self-hatred will also burden your soul. Again, I've been in all three shoes and the only effective solution is the first. All things in excess are bad. So if you take your perception to the complete opposite of either end of the spectrum, it will weigh you down. The best place to try to be is neutral, in the middle, knowing that it existed, but it does not define you in the present or future. So how can you take this previous relationship to see what it is that you do and don't want in a future one? In a future significant other, a future friend, how can you learn your lessons about being a better friend and significant other? People live with so many regrets, but they don't take action to physically change their behaviors to prevent their mistakes from occurring in the future. I think a big part of this is gaining the awareness as to what it is that they did that led up to this thing that they regret. Is there a way that you could have been kinder, more patient, more understanding? Are there things that you wish you had done for them that you now cannot do that it's too late? One of my friends said that the thing he regrets the most is not doing the little things for the previous girl he loved. The midnight food runs or surprise flowers. Learn from that. Treat the next person that way and be candid and clear about the way you feel about them. Treat the people you love the way you would want to be treated or the way you would want someone you love to be treated. I think that there's this weird, weird way of handling relationships that our generation has taken on where things are a game and you didn't hear from them so now you're going to make them wait to hear from you and my question is if you really want to be with someone I think you should just tell them. I think all of us could use a little more being clear about the way we feel about others in every aspect. It's just saying what it is that's on our mind so much would no longer get lost in translation. So many problems would be resolved if we simply said the things that we felt while we could say them. Lately, I've been thinking about my mortality a lot, uh, which sounds pretty morbid, but um, it's not in a sad way. It's in the sense that all of us are dying. Have you heard the saying, like, what would you do if you knew you only had a certain number of days or months to live. And this is really clear to me with all of the rare diseases that I study and the way that cancers manifest. And the first year of medical school is very clinical. So I'm understanding like how actually kind of common all of these things are that people think would never happen to them. And with that question, what would you do if you knew you were dying? The way to look at that is that 
we're actually all dying. All of us are going to die. So why would you not spend the time that you have here? Because it's not, it's not given. You never know when it could be your last day. Why would you spend that time doing the things that don't bring you joy, that don't bring you passion, lying to people about the way you feel about them, lying to yourself about the way you feel about people? Why would you not want to exist and live to your fullest capacity and potential? And that's something that I really hope this podcast is able to bring people, is showing them that you can pursue the things you love and you can do it. It's not something that's only for the top 1% of people. It's something that the everyday person can pursue the things they love. So off of that tangent and back to uh, what I had scripted for this episode and the whole healing from a heartbreak and making sure that you are treating people the way you would want to be treated or the way that you want someone you love to be treated. Now that you've noticed your perception of the situation and you're still sad here and there and you're missing the other person, what can you do? You're cognizant and you're aware, but now what? This is where the mental remodeling comes in. This is where the real healing happens. This advice I once heard is what fully altered my healing journey through heartbreak. My third and biggest piece of advice is to be kind to yourself. Have you ever noticed how mean you can be, how hard you can be on yourself? The thoughts you have when you look in the mirror or reminisce on the way you acted in a situation. If you were to picture your best friend doing the same thing, would you ever talk to them the way that you talk to yourself? And why would you talk to yourself in a way that you wouldn't speak to someone you love? I really, really think that we are our own biggest critics and we are the ones that stop us from a lot of things that could make us so happy. So I can give you a few examples just so that you don't feel so alone in this and that I hopefully get the point home. When trying on clothing that isn't sweatpants or t-shirts, I can often look in a mirror and say, oh my god, my thighs are so big. Or why isn't my stomach flatter? Which, side note, all of my ladies, your uterus is there. Back to the point. Why isn't my face slimmer? Why are my eyes uneven? Why is my smile so awkward and wide? I'm not picking on myself. I'm giving you examples of the things that I think about myself. And when looking back on a situation, I can see my words and talk to myself and say, I can't believe you said that. That's so embarrassing. Or you sounded so stupid and no one's going to want to be your friend if you act like that around them. I would never in a million years speak to someone else like that, especially not someone I love. So this is where you must have compassion for yourself and picture yourself as that scared inner child or your sad best friend. How would you console them? How would you tell them that you love them unconditionally? It's so important to validate your own feelings, even if it's something that happened a long time ago. One of my best friends, Allison, once told me that healing isn't linear, it's like a roller coaster. And that one sentence has really validated my feelings in so many different situations that I cannot even begin to tell you how much better it's made me feel over the years. It's okay to get randomly sad or upset about something that happened a long time ago. Your brain is wired to remember the sad and scary things because it wants to protect you from letting them happen again. Our brain and our body are always working to keep us safe, but sometimes that can work against us because it can fixate on the bad to, again, try to prevent it from happening. This is where it's really, really important that 
you find a way to be kind to yourself about whatever it is that you're thinking. The more that you're mean and say to yourself, why do you care so much you're being stupid, the more it's going to be repressed and hurt and you'll feel like you're silencing yourself. Take the deep breaths when you notice these mental patterns going on. Maybe do some meditations, but really feel the pain. Feel it in your body and acknowledge it. Allow yourself to cry or run or scream as much as you want to. Try to allow your body to physically release these heavy and painful emotions. Tell yourself, I know it hurts. It's okay that it hurts. It's okay. I'm here and I love you. Repeat to yourself the I love you part. It might be the most uncomfortable, but it's the most important. When you're trying to be kind to yourself, pay attention to this part of what I'm saying. You can come back to this and listen to it. But consider the fact that a loss of a relationship is a loss of external love in your life. And until you find that love within yourself, you aren't going to feel better. That's simply a fact. You can think you feel better by getting external validation and attention from others, but it's all temporary. And the second you're alone is going to be when it hits you like a ton of bricks. And we want to avoid that. We want to be full on our own so that any external love is simply an added bonus. You cannot give what you do not have. And like I said, community and close relationships are crucial to your well-being. So how in the world can you expect to have them if you refuse to start with yourself? I have other small tips that I will share now, so feel free to take out a pen and a piece of paper because these things might seem light, but they are pretty heavy. I've picked them up from a lot of years of books and podcasts and trying to figure out my own path, so this is a compilation of a lot of experts. For a while, it will hurt to go to specific places. The places you spent the most time with that person or that you only visited with them, those places will vividly remind you of them and that will hurt. So this is when you feel stable enough. You should return to them alone with a journal or with some music and then maybe return again with a new friend. Return with your dog. I wish I had a dog. If you have a dog, take your dog places. Make new memories in this place, happier ones, so that you no longer solely associate it with that person. And then do the same for songs and movies. There was one song that every single time I heard it play, it was like tears would well up in my eyes, like even for years after. And I realized that I didn't want to give that memory and that association so much power anymore. So I started reassociating these things and these places with new, happier memories and people. And for the love of God, please stop wearing their clothes. How are you supposed to get over someone if you parade around in the things that were physically a part of them? Those clothes carry their energy. And as much as you might miss them, you need some space while you are focusing on yourself and healing. Next, do the things you love. All of the things you wish they had done for you, all of the things you stopped doing because of them or because you were embarrassed or shy to do them around them, I would would hope that you weren't in a relationship where you couldn't be yourself. But if you were, this is your time to do the things that you love. I love singing for years, literal years. I stopped. And recently I decided that I don't want other people's opinions, or even my own opinion, because I don't think I'm a very good singer, to dictate whether or not I do the things I love. 
I might not be the best singer, but it brings me so much joy and it fills my heart with so much happiness. And so I do it. Notice your newfound independence and that all of your actions no longer need to be kept in check by the feelings of your significant other. This isn't to say go crazy and do bad things, but do the things that you love that you might not have had time to do in the past. Spend all of your newfound free time working on yourself. Look at it as a good thing rather than a bad thing. Instead of seeing it as time that you wish you could be spending with them, see it as time that you are now excited to get to spend with yourself. Get busy doing the things you love, not dating new people all at once. Rushing into a new relationship when you're still hurting over an old one will only hurt you and the new person. Think about it. You wouldn't want to date someone that wasn't over their ex, so why would you do that to someone else? And when you aren't busy doing what you love, find time to sit in stillness. Listen to some guided meditations, go for long walks or to the gym. Whatever your vibe is, spend time with yourself. Notice your thoughts, and whenever they get hard or heavy, sit with them and be kind to yourself. Reassure yourself. Give yourself the attention that you're missing. Like I said, that soothing and kind, I know it hurts. I know, I know, I know it hurts so much, is going to feel really good for your soul because you're going to feel seen. And as you are listening to this, know that I see you. I know that it hurts, and I know that it feels like no one understands. It feels as if the world is going on and it's left you behind because you are missing what you think is the most important person. And they might have been, and I know that hurts. But I am here to give you a reminder and the reassurance that you will find joy again. I want you to take note of this time in the podcast episode and come back to this piece whenever you're sad. I want you to replay it and let it sink in. Please believe me when I say... There are so many beautiful days that you have not yet experienced, so many incredible people that you have not yet met, so many places you haven't been. You will fall in love with someone new and they will love you in a new way and that will be scary because it's not familiar, but it will be exactly what you need to continue to learn and grow. You will meet someone that makes you laugh so hard you have tears in your eyes the way I did. You will meet someone that makes you feel warm and safe. You will meet the love of your life. I am not promising you a new partner. I am promising you yourself. You will heal from this and on that path, you will encounter all of the beautiful parts in you that you let go in your attempt to fixate on making someone else happy. Listen to this and see yourself through the eyes of someone that loves you. Really notice yourself through that lens. The laugh you think is so obnoxious when you somehow realize that it's become their favorite sound in the world. The way you hate how sensitive you are, you come to realize is something that they cherish because they know it means that you care. The way you smile so wide and think your cheeks look chubby, they think is infectiously happy and brings them joy. Spend time with yourself, get to know yourself. This is how you become your own light. And then eventually, when the time is right, and you no longer remember this breakup as something so horrible and painful, but rather something that you grew from, and you come to see this relationship as something that molded you into who you are today, and you can be grateful for that, you will be vibrating at such a high frequency that you'll easily attract someone that matches that. The frequency of love and gratitude is truly unparalleled. 
Science even shows us that water droplets respond to loving words and form their natural state rather than angry ones that break them up. And we are made up of mostly water. I promise you, they'll show up when you least expect it and it will be so wonderful that it'll make you understand exactly why it didn't work out with the other person that you were so set on. Or if that last person is really meant to be yours, you will find your way back to each other. I'm here to reassure you that what is meant to be yours will never miss you. As long as you are showing up and doing your best, everything will always be okay. The other day I was upset about how overwhelmed I was and my sweet friend Marina asked me, when have things ever not been okay? And she was right. In the end, things can be really hard, they can be really sad, they can be really difficult, but you are here, you are listening to this, you are okay. Things will always be okay. I now have a few questions that I will attempt to answer. Again, take everything with a grain of salt, but I hope it's helpful. The first is, is it even fully possible to let go of your first love? I would say that I think it depends on the type of person you are, how attached you are to your past and why. So I can really relate to that because I get very, very attached to things and people. When I was little, I would cry whenever my mom tried to get rid of old things, like clothes that no longer fit or toys I no longer used. I felt as though by getting rid of them, I was losing pieces of myself. And as I've gotten older, I learned that the more you can detach from things, the more space you have to invite in new things. Not only material things, but people, adventures, experiences. And once you start to see this detachment as a beautiful thing where you can appreciate the role that person played in your life and how they helped you grow, you can release a lot of that sadness, the resentment and anger that you might hold towards them and yourself. Those items are from your past. Those people from your past, they impacted who you are today. So yes, hold gratitude to them for helping you learn about yourself. I think that the more you remember that you have everything you need within yourself, the more you can feel whole on your own and not like their memory is stuck with you or like you need them. Your experiences together are now a part of you, but like I said, that is a really beautiful thing that you were able to experience life together for however long it was. So start to see it as a beautiful thing you can be grateful for rather than a sad thing that you dwell on and that ruins your day, that completely makes you miss all of the other beautiful things you could be living through in the present moment. The next question is how to not obsess over every little detail. I think the way I tackled this was to become more present with my thoughts. So if you've ever come to one of my yoga classes, when I teach, I ask you to notice where your thoughts wander to when you try to get into the present moment and connect to your body. This is to build an awareness to your thought patterns. And then you can that way make the conscious decision and tell yourself, I choose to let go of these thoughts. You can pick up a book and remind yourself that they aren't relevant to you anymore. You can focus on yourself and not on them. Yes, validate yourself, reassure yourself, but don't sit and let this pattern circulate over and over and over again when you know it's not serving you. Send the other person a lot of love and good energy. 
even if you'll if even if you're angry and if it feels like they don't care or they aren't hurting by sending them this mental love you raise your own frequency and vibration to a healing level when you perceive things and people with compassion it's so much harder to stay in a negative or anxious ridden state and it's so much easier to forgive them for example You see them post with other people on social media and you maybe start to worry about who they're hanging out with, etc. This is when you remind yourself that they are free to do whatever they want just as you are. Tell yourself, I hope they are happy, like genuinely wish them happiness. When you wish good for other people, it's easier for it to appear in your life as well because you are focused on good things. And if seeing their posts trigger you, and for whatever reason you don't want to unfollow them, mute them, or delete your social media apps for a little while. I promise you that the world will continue spinning and you will have so much more mental space when you aren't constantly checking in on what people that you never talk to anymore are doing. When I was studying for the MCAT and deleted my social media apps, I was more at peace than I've ever been in my entire life. Spend all of that time that you normally would on social media doing the things you love. Fill your time with things that bring you joy and it'll be so much harder to stay sad. Try new things if you aren't quite sure what makes you happy yet. Maybe journal to be able to get your thoughts onto paper and that way you can physically release them. Or go to therapy. Therapy is a really, really great way to kind of overcome traumatic events. And spend time with the people you love. Really fill yourself up with good things. The next question is how to be okay with not having all the answers. So this, for me personally, stems from faith. We're not going to get all God woohoo here, but uh, for some background, I was raised Catholic, um, but I personally believe that all religions believe in the same higher spiritual source, and they just call it different things. I've read some studies that show that people who are religious report higher levels of happiness, and I think this has to do with a lot of the pressure we put on ourselves. So for me, believing in something bigger than myself, God, the universe, higher power, all synonymous, gives me such deep reassurance that I will always be okay, and that I will always be taken care of as long as I'm doing my best. And whether or not you believe in this higher source, if you believe this fact, And that there is a greater plan out there for all of us. And if we can dream something up, it already has to exist in some realm. Then it gives you a lot of peace and releases a lot of the pressure you have on yourself to make sure that you are the reason everything works out. You know? The question is simply how hard we're willing to work for the things that we dream of. This gives me a lot of solace in terms of opportunities, so I feel very secure in the fact that what is meant to be mine will be as long as I am working towards the best version of myself. And the best version of myself is someone that is loving, that brings others joy, that makes a positive impact on people's lives. Everything is revealed in hindsight, and the more you stress over the future, the more you're putting yourself through it twice. It took me a while to realize that, especially this past year, taking an exam every single week. The more I worried about the exam and whether or not I was going to pass, it was almost as if I was living through the stress of taking the exam twice. What's the point in that? The outcome's going to be the same, and worrying about it only detracts me from studying and doing more of what I can in the present moment to impact the future, then why would I do that to myself? When you live in the present moment and work towards what you want and know that it's okay to not be in control of everything, 
You can focus on what you can control, which is your thoughts, words, and actions. If you release expectations of others, I can absolutely assure you that your life will get exponentially better. Because instead of expecting people to show up for you and be nice, when you expect nothing, and then they do show up and are nice, it's a pleasant surprise. The less you expect of things you cannot control, the happier you will be. The less often you will be disappointed. I once heard in a yoga class that expectations are the root of all suffering, and I never got over that. You'll hear me say it here and there if you ever do come to yoga with me, because I think it's so deeply powerful. So expect to not have all the answers and take it one day at a time. Next is um, asking how we can find gratitude and heartbreak. And I did cover this a little bit earlier, but to really hone in on it, because I think that gratitude can totally change your perception of life. Start to focus on all of the good that this person added to your life. Not in like a sad, I miss them type of way, but in the way that it is so cool and wonderful that they were able to impact you for a little while, just as you were able to impact them. There is something to learn from every single relationship you will ever have, romantic or not. They will teach you what you do and don't want in your future relationships, how you do and don't want to show up for others. The really thoughtful details that you loved about them, you loved because you can embody them too. We are all mirrors. We see the good and bad in others that we have in ourselves. So whenever you recognize something good in someone else, it's because you are capable of it as well. Your soul respects those traits in someone else's soul. But also, keep in mind that everybody knows something that you don't. So stay humble to that, and as you encounter people, pick up on the things you like and release the things you don't. And while releasing, try your best to not hold judgment. So when you decide you don't like a trait that someone has, it's not your place to judge them for it. All of us are doing the absolute best that we can in the moment. And none of us are perfect. And so the more you remind yourself of that fact, the easier it is to forgive other people. The last question is, um, is what to do when you're in the dip of your roller coaster? So this is again where I think you should do the things that bring you joy and the things that you love. I think you should show yourself as much compassion as possible. A really good exercise for this is to ask yourself what you would tell your best friend if they asked you advice on this very situation. The other day, I was overthinking something and I called my friend Molly and I was about to cry. I was actually crying already, I think. And she goes, if you were me, what would you tell me right now? And I immediately calmed down. I was like, I would tell you not to worry about it and that it's not going to matter in five years. And so think of how kind and reassuring you would be if you were talking to someone you love. Talk to yourself with that same love and intonation. Come back to this and listen to it as often as you need if you need me to be that reassuring voice in your head. And send in more questions if you have them and I will do my absolute best to answer. And as I said in the beginning, I have no formal education on the matter, but I think that life experience is wildly valuable. And so I hope that my life experience and that of my loved ones has somehow helped you. And I am here to remind you to return to love, having love for the person that you lost, for yourself, knowing that you're both hurting, but allowing that love to be forgiving and releasing. Love them enough to let them go. Love yourself enough to forgive yourself. Like I said, dwelling on the past won't change it, 
Maybe you sit with a journal after this and envision a beautiful future with, for yourself filled with the things that you can control and create for yourself. I have a few book recommendations that really impacted my healing journey. They're linked in my Instagram bio under the Amazon recommendations tab. The primary is probably the book uh, called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. This book has really helped me have empathy for myself as much as I do for others and clarified my perspective on almost every situation. I plan on rereading it this summer, so I'll keep you all updated on my Insta stories. Thank you for spending your time with me as always. If you really enjoyed this and could share it and tag me, my Instagram is just my name at Stephanie Arnick. That would make my heart so happy to know that you enjoyed the effort that I put into this. Or if you think that someone is having a hard time healing and might need to listen to this or could benefit from this in some way, shape, or form, I would love for you to send it their way as well. I am sending you so much love always, and I will see you next time.